0: Welcome to the film room, it's uh, been a bit since we've been in a standard situation like this uh, Oh yeah, I'm finally home Yes, but we're finally back to standards And guys, we saved a good one for y'all mm-hmm. This is one that we have been sitting on for several months now, actually Trying to get everything worked out and ready to get this one to go Because, oh boy, this, this one, this is exciting <laughs> It's a fine... This is this is a find. Um, today we're going to be discussing the movie Penguageddon from director Harold Ragsdale, a movie that some of y'all may not have heard of. In fact, most of y'all have probably never heard of it, mm-hmm. and uh, there, there's a very good reason for that, which we're going to get into. But um, I'm surprised it's managed to keep such a low profile. Well, there, there's a good reason. It has to do with distribution, um, but this movie wow i mean this one is up there with birdemic and miami connection easily Mm -hmm. in terms of just so bad that they're good but then doubling back around to where you're really not sure what they are yeah to be clear unlike birdemic this is extremely watchable oh yeah this is incredibly watchable this is extremely entertaining uh mostly because it is well penguin shit insane Yes, indeed. And there's a good reason for that. Um, writer director uh, Harold Ragsdale, um, he was a character. Uh, he was. The, the the way that I found out about this film stems from my love of doing microfilm research, which I talk about a lot at, tw- on Twitter. I love to sit down and look for the most obscure old movie that I can find. The most insane, great movie. You've shown me a few listings from that, especially
1: in, you know, that one. I forgot what it was called, but it's it's astounding that it was acceptable to print that oh, in a yes. newspaper, let alone have that be the
0: type. The $1,000 word that we can't repeat.
1: Right, exactly.
0: Yeah, uh, which played in Georgia. Yeah. This one I did not find via my online work. I had to go into some of the old newspapers um, in Arkansas. Specifically, I was browsing the Russellville Courier I was browsing their archives and I saw a listing for a movie called Penguageddon. And the ad was a pretty simple one. It just had the title and the words, when the penguins attack, we all die. (laughs) I saw this ad and I had to find this movie. And a lot of this research had to go offline. Um, I did eventually score a copy, which I was able to share with you. Mm -hmm. there are some mailings going back and forth which is common with us we do a lot of you know with bootlegs and stuff like this this i mean this was a find i this movie only had a limited press run of like maybe 50 vhs's and so believe me i'm gonna be writing the credit card debt on this one for a very long time to come but oh my god it was worth it uh yes oh man uh Shall we go into the backstory of Galatea Films, the production company that made this just briefly?
1: Oh, yes, please.
0: Yeah. um, To understand this movie, you almost have to understand the story of how it got made. Um, This was the final film from Galatea Films. This is the movie that sank them and destroyed them. But they were a low-level distributor out of Lubbock, Texas. Although they came... That was their initial start was Lubbock, but they came to be based more in Victoria, but, you know, we're talking classic Texas, uh, Hubri, um, the bigger than life Texans. Uh, the company was founded by two men, uh, Ragsdale and, uh, his partner Ezekiel Breckinridge. Uh, Ragsdale was a theater owner and, uh, Breckinridge was a, uh, high-minded art fan. And, uh, Breckinridge thought that, okay, you know, through distribution, they could get interesting films shown using the fact that with a lower circuit you 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 could get different stuff i mean if y'all aren't familiar with the history of the low-level distributors they're really so much more interesting than your big teams you mm-hmm. know your, your your major studios didn't have the bizarre roadshow distribution that these people had almost it's almost
1: it's almost like a um alamo draft house but they only show crap
0: mm-hmm yeah well alamo draft house is very much the last beacon of This kind of thing. Yeah. The folks at Galatea, their goal was to, as I said, get something out. Um, They took advantage of the fact that, okay, audiences were kind of undiscerning, and they they tried to play to your small markets. You you will never see an ad for a Galatea film in, say, the Pittsburgh Papers or, you know, one of the major cities. You're not going to see them in the New York Times. Uh, The only time the New York Times ever referenced them Well, I'll get to that in a moment. But they were a small team. They were small. They would go into your markets like Nacogdoches, Lufkin, uh, Russellville was one. You know, they did a lot in Arkansas. I mentioned Victoria, Texas. That was one of their big markets. And so that's where they focused. They weren't looking at your big people, and um, they got their start when Breckenridge found a uh, lovely. Lovely little German film that he'd gotten the rights to called Die school and it's a, a study of a, a conflict between a teacher and a student. And Breckenridge, and I have seen this one, by the way, um, I've seen both the original cut, which is really powerful, kind of a precursor to Whiplash, and mm. the recut version, which Ragsdale put together, which uh, he threw on a vulgar dub. He cut like 15 minutes of it. And he threw in obvious insert shots of nudity from a stag reel that he might very well have shot himself. There's evidence that he shot it himself. That's that's the only version I've seen, unfortunately. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Because the original version yeah. is really poetic. Um, yeah, I imagine. Yeah. But um, the uh, title was changed from the German word school to uh, the American school. It was changed to die school because ragsdale saw that die which is the in german and thought "Ooh, this is cool you know ragsdale i want to make it clear was absolutely out of his mind and still is i'm gonna say right now the reason that we cannot include clips is because ragsdale is very sue happy
1: yeah we'd rather keep this episode up
0: yeah we want this one to go up so there's no clips i'm sorry to say yeah we're pretty fearless
1: when it comes to that front so that's how that's how serious this guy is.
0: Yeah. Um, so, um, after uh, Die School became an unexpected hit in towns such as Lufkin, Abilene, New Braunfels, Temple, and eventually Mesquite, it eventually did play the Mesquite drive ins, uh, which anybody who's a fan of Joe Bob Briggs knows all about the Mesquite drive ins. And uh, Ragsdale saw this, thought it was great, and uh, hired Breckenridge to get more films of that nature. The name, by the way, Galatea, came from uh, Breckenridge loved classic mythology and uh, Ragsdale knew a hooker by that name. (laughs) Yeah, so that's what happened. Here's a list of some of the films that they released in the early days. There was uh, the romance L'Amour de Dieu Cerveau, which was um, an interracial romance that was renamed White Girl Mania. the uh, independent lesbian drama For You, Irene, which was retitled Lady Lovers and the sci-fi drama Decay of Time, which was retitled Bloodslope, all one word S capitalized. Most of these films were heavily recut and very badly at that. Uh, I uh, I'm gonna have a review up on uh, Bloodslope uh, which y'all will hopefully be able to read It's bad. It's very bad Yeah And uh, The company finally started making their own films when Ragsdale saw Star Wars in 1979. Seriously, he was so behind the times. Oh, boy. (laughs) And uh, convinced Breckenridge to help him get money together. Now, it should be noted uh, that when he saw this movie, he was out of his mind on pig stimulants and paint thinner when he saw Star Wars. (laughs) Yeah. Ragsdale liked to experiment with weird drugs. My understanding is that now he's more of a health nut. But even then, Mm -hmm. I'm kind of questioning that. Um, Yeah. And so, what they did was they took a western that existed um, in just like it was a script that some local people had written that they bought the rights to to be nice, retitled it Space Explorer. Man, that uh, with the uh, all one word with the E capitalized. This was a thing that the company did, by the way. Mm -hmm. And um, they were they raised one hundred fifty thousand dollars, shot it in West Texas. Which was, as Ragsdale put it, an all-goddamn-desert-planet-like-fratu-green. <laughs> yeah. And then they put it out with a poster that had nothing to do with it. Space Explorer is pretty impossible to watch. It's, it's a precursor to Firefly, but no. No, it's... It, 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 you could tell that as the Western, it might have been really damn good. But it just stops every minute for these stupid diversions, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Eventually, it became a huge hit, and um, they did about uh, two films a year, starting with 1980s Funky Town, um, which was initially, which is actually a crime drama, believe it or not, but uh, it was such a huge hit that they made uh, such uh, song-inspired movies as Keep on Loving You, It's Raining Men the Motion Picture, and She Blinded Me with Science, which I do not recommend. Because it might be the most disturbing romance I've ever seen.
1: Oh, Jesus.
0: Yeah. I can imagine it's... uh,
1: I haven't seen it, but just telling from the title, I can imagine that it's a weird, sexed-up, inverted version of weird science.
0: Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're... That's...
1: I don't want to see that.
0: (laughs) No, you're spot on there. But, uh... Behind the scenes, uh, Ragsdale was getting really out of his mind on drugs. He uh, refused to go to uh, any interventions. Eventually, I mean, really, he was known as the drug guy in Texas. He felt like cocaine was a starter. He wanted to see what kind of fertilizer would let him see everything as blue. That was his dream, and he did finally figure it out. Turns out it was just gold-fashioned Scott starter. But all of this comes... Wow. As a setup for Penguageddon, and my God, I've been waiting to talk about this movie.
1: Yeah, it was it was released in my birth year. Yeah, 1987. <laughs> yeah, which no matter how bad the movie, that's always special to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is Howard the Duck.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I this 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 one. Wow. Um. Uh. This was uh. This was actually Ragsdale's first film as a director, and it's his only film to date as a director.
1: He didn't even direct
0: it under his own name. No, I I, for, I forget the name that he used because at this point, out of spite, the version that I had mm-hmm. put his original name on there, but we'll try and get that, yeah, yeah, out of spite. There was a lot of spite going on. I, again, um, let's just make it clear. This was one of the most turbulent productions possible because uh, Ragsdale... And and Breckinridge would go their separate ways after this uh, movie. In fact, they went their separate ways before the film got shooting. Yeah. Breckinridge read the script that Ragsdale wrote and thought it was absolutely an atrocity. Ragsdale's response, by the way, was to fire a bunch of homophobic insults at uh, Breckinridge. Who, it should be noted, I I actually, in doing some of this research for this, I actually did have a chance to do some brief email correspondence with Breckinridge. Nice, nice guy. I'm sure he was the stable one in that relationship. Oh, yes, yes, yes. He would have to be very, very stable. A- absolutely, just the nicest of guys. Um, also, a very proud, happily married father of uh, three and uh, a grandfather now. Oh, very nice. Good, good man. Good, good man. Uh, I really I really liked him uh, in the brief correspondence that we had. Eventually, uh, uh, Breckenridge left after this movie. And, uh, here's an actual quote from him. He said, I knew Harold was going to blow us up. Literally. The guy was convinced carrying around dynamite gave him powers. I figure I would do well to leave. Oh, <sniffs> Uh, let's get to the film's production. The movie was produced for around three, for around three million dollars. And, uh, uh, Breckenridge, uh, as I said, he was out. Ragsdale found some really interesting people to star in it. Uh, his lead actor was uh, James Sisko from Spider Monkey Junction, which I know we've all grown up watching the reruns of that on the Disney Channel. Oh, yeah. Oh, those <laughs> spider monkeys. Uh, that was so cute. Sisko uh, was, in fact, uh, at this time, battling a, a serious drug addiction and trying to hide his homosexuality. So this movie was sort of a last ditch. If he could do this, he could keep his career-going uh, effort. Poor bastard. <laughs> I know. Um, after doing this movie, Cisco came out and got clean. Uh, mm, he did good. not, however, respond for requests for interviews when I tried to go to him. Yeah. For the uh, female lead, Ragsdale tapped his uh, mistress, uh, Penelope Zane, a drifter. And I have a lot of thoughts on her performance. I'm going to get to those. Um, but she played... She was a major part in the film... She was, by all accounts, the glue on the set of the film, and after it was done, she went on later to get her uh, doctorate in uh, child psychology. Not bad. No. Yeah. Very, very impressive woman. The key role of uh, Dr. Koshan Desix, um, which, by the way, that's a name that uh, Breckenridge, that was his final parting middle finger to Ragsdale. <laughs>
1: that's that's the best name
0: in any B-movie I've ever seen. Koshan Desics. Um <laughs> Which, by the way... Pig sex. Literally translates to pig of sex. <laughs> yes. But he, yeah. he was a penguinologist. To play the role of the villainous priest in the film, uh, Ragsdale tapped a um, 25-year-old uh, Brit that he ran into at a hotel... Uh, named Claude Cameron who again I'll get to his performance oh I have some thoughts on his performance for the role of the main character's friends um, Ragsdale hired his own daughter Emma despite the fact that um Bubbles only talks about sex oh Jesus yeah oh my god that's all she talks about is sex and it's disturbing Emma's performance is fascinating again I'm gonna get to her and her boyfriend was um a character who got rewritten to be named Zeke Breckenridge as a middle finger to uh, hmm. Ezekiel Breckenridge. Again. Wow. They... J- uh. <laughs> yeah. That's th- that's pre-production. Um, about all that you need to know about this movie is that they used real penguins, so let's get into discussing the film, shall we?
1: Oh, boy. Yeah, let's. It starts off with this really wacky narration... Oh, I have some of the dialogue in front of me. Read it. Read it, okay. I'll try to read it in the best approximation of how the guy says it, because it's really... In the days before the dawn, before the years, before the hours, before the moments of the weeks, of the nights, of the months, of the eons, of the seconds, of the decades. (laughs) He says it one breath. Of the time of the lives of man, a fierce beast
0: roamed the earth. Yeah. (laughs) It's pretty bad. It's just... And and this is all delivered very seriously. Uh Yeah. Men
1: in tuxedos who stumbled around the earth and walked all over the land with giant beaky noses. They ate porpoises and vomited fire. Yeah. It's a little more British. It's a little more British than
0: that, but... (laughs) <laughs> yeah basically the long and short of the narration is that satan and his helpers the penguins were roaming the earth and then uh and then uh, imprisoned in the north pole that's something that we need to start off right off the bat by explaining ragsdale believed penguins were from the north pole <laughs> no nope. no no they were not wrong pole. wrong hole you also get ready for lots of Santa imagery because this movie is laden with Santa imagery. Oh, yeah. Santa and red and green. The the very short version of this plot is this movie is about uh, Santa slash Satan because they are established as being one and the same. <laughs> forming uh, a church and uh, trying to uh, send penguins down to kill people from the North Pole. This is the actual plot of the movie. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And uh it's like Christmas is this whole religion. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be like incredibly like intricate. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. And the history involves lasers, so that's yeah. something. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean the film's opening credits, I wish we could post them for y'all because they just make no sense. Mm-hmm. There's like there's an apple riding a bicycle screen while screaming. <laughs> there
1: are bikers and Santa hats with horns, you know, with red and green flames coming out the the uh, the uh, muffler. There's shots of penguins uh, dancing around a bank. It's very straight. Yeah, like you'd think that the um, the penguin from Batman. No, he couldn't even come up with this shit.
0: No, no, no. This is worse than that. No. This is crazier than that. The movie uh, kicks off with our protagonist, and I want you to listen just like to some of the names of these characters, because there is no subtlety at all in this movie. Our main character is named Ted Flappley. Have we mentioned the town name yet? Oh, no, no,
1: no. Let's mention the town name. Antas Point. Mm Mm-hmm. Get it?
0: Get it. (laughs) Antas Point. Oh, boy. Yes. By the way, it should be noted. Okay, the film is supposed to be set in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, It was actually shot in uh, Victoria and uh, Port Lavaca, Texas Where I've been to those towns I knew it I, I, I could spot it at a moment's notice That this was obviously shot in Texas
1: Yeah, and I've spent My grandparents live in the Pacific Northwest I was able to tell that it was
0: not that I mean, part of the problem is that there's Texas flags all over the film Oh, shit that I did not notice. Oh, I noticed. Um, I couldn't no- not notice <laughs> it. So anyway, Ante's Point is supposed to be this perfect idyllic town. Um, and Ted is supposed to be your Archie figure. He's supposed to be the perfect, likable, every guy. I mean, there's even a clear scene where he goes to what's supposed to be Pops Tate uh, from mm-hmm. Archie, although they rename him Dad Tatum, uh, his <laughs> soda shop. It's embarrassing, frankly.
1: Yeah, and he and he's worried about other people ripping him off. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. My God. So I mean, Ted is one of those guys. One thing that I love though about this movie is that it is as '80s as they come. Oh yeah. Like it. There's video stores are treated as if they're the coolest places on earth. Hey, I can get behind that. I can get behind that too. We've done our cast on that. I mean, so I mean, the, the so if you see where he's walking through town, he's just like. You know everything is just so cool and good, um, and it's just it's ridiculous. And my God, the way people talk in this movie! What was it that the uh, that Dad Tatum said to like try and encourage Ted uh, in his pursuits? Something about something about keeping it hip. Yeah. Something about that. Like I mean, it just because everybody in this movie talks so on the nose and irritating. Yeah.
1: Like, it's, it's not even good 80s slang. It's like, I'm sure no teenager in the 80s ever talked like this. Did anybody ever say, you're so awesome, you're a sex Archaeopteryx? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure nobody in the history of ever has said that.
0: No. Well, I mean, I have, but, you know. But, I mean, Ted is... Just now, sure. But anyway, Ted is a college student who's coming back to his hometown after being in studies. hmm And uh, he comes back to his hometown where he discovers that there's a new church being built. And guys, I'm going to post a transcript of the dialogue that Ted has as he discovers this church being built. It is too insane to be believed. It's a minute-long stretch of dialogue where he just explains everything that's on his mind and his confusion and his bafflement at the town. Oh, God. Show me, don't tell me. Yeah. I mean, it's just... uh, (sighs) Because there's this idea that Ted doesn't quite feel uh, like he belongs here. But we do see the church being built. Um, This is going to be the major setting of the film, after all. And after we meet Ted, we also meet his love interest, Ellie Webb. (laughs) And I just want to start right now by saying, Sisko is okay, but he's really nothing more than passable. It's kind of sad how good Zane is in this movie. Mm -hmm. She's genuinely good as Ellie Webb. She's genuinely kind of likable and... She's also very much the every girl, but she's more believable as the every girl. Yeah. Which is funny, because I've read her past history to the point of making this movie. She wasn't. Yeah. She played a lot of,
1: um, uh, us one what I'm looking for? Sluts? Yeah,
0: dark ladies. Even though, by all accounts, she wasn't, but she still had yeah. some crime... She, she had a rough background. Uh, she had some crime background, but she really puts all that away, and... Makes for a very likable, warm protagonist. I think this had a lot to do with why she chose to get out of the movies after this. Um, probably good. Yeah, but she's very likable in it. She probably could have done more. Very pretty girl. Um, yeah. On the other hand, oh my god, Emma Ragsdale as uh, the slutty Bubbles McIntosh. Yeah. God damn. There's, there's a
1: there's a scene where they're in like a karaoke bar and she sings like the song every breath you take and you know the words are coming up on the monitor like they're supposed to be but she's like replaces all the words with sex like sexy
0: stuff it's let's see what is it let's have sex tonight i am a screw you right we can go all <laughs> night till we scream holy shite something like that i mean it's just that bad I mean, at one point she slips the word tards. Uh, I'm going to bang you hard. We can uh, screw like tards. Something like that. It's something like that. Yeah.
1: Oh my god. I think one of the things you came came upon in your research is that uh, he refused to pay for the rights to use that song. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not a factor in in why it hasn't been released.
0: No. Um, par- parody is legal Parody is legal Parody is legal but, That's true Oh god this is bad This is bad Um. But um, There is There is one great Bizarre moment Where there's just like A two minute karate Demonstration For no reason Oh boy That sounds like Another movie we know mm-hmm. And this was only Put in there So that he could uh, That uh, Ragsdale Could get it in the trailer So I mean I, I just want to explain To people That this is something That we were actually watching But Oh god, we have to get to Ted's home life. Oh jeez. What do we say about his relationship with his sister Feather? Feather, by the way, just feather flatly. Even though penguins do not have them. Feather Flappley. Feather flatly.
1: I mean, she's how, how would you describe it? I mean, cause... it's uh it's not a good relationship. It's an icky relationship. Yeah. You yeah, know, they fight all the time. Not sure why they live under
0: the same roof is pretty bad. Well, what's so really disturbing about it is the way that it's... How do I put this? It's incestuous as all hell. Ew. That's true. Yeah. It's it, it it's incestuous, but they do fight. But the fights are implied mm-hmm. to come because of the sexual tension that underlines them. And it's... Yeah. It's, it. This is a real thing that happens in the movie. There's a scene where feather comes where while ted is laying back and reading a book and she's just like caressing him and it's just it's creepy um gladiator anyway yeah it's it's very gladiator Jesus.
1: it reminded me of that it was that's mm-hmm. it's it's very game of thrones before game of thrones right <laughs> except for with um a little less uh fucking yeah
0: you mentioned the karaoke bar scene god we, we we have to deal with that um there is of course a scene at a karaoke bar it's it's a party scene and this is where we meet zeke breckenridge and zeke is an idiot now the actor that played zeke was a uh gas station clerk um who actually wound up marrying uh emma ragsdale uh, who played uh, bubbles um since they were boyfriend and girlfriend um, in the movie, and they wound up getting married, and they're still married to this day. Hmm. Well, that's nice. And yeah, and they were very helpful. They're, they 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 seem like good people. They were helpful in my research, actually. Oh, nice. But Zeke is an idiot. Um, at one point in the movie, it's we see him uh, walking up to a cigarette machine and just trying to jiggle. Remember cigarette machines, by the way. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean,
1: I haven't seen one personally, but I remember I've seen them in movies like this one. <laughs> he plays it like it's a pinball machine. It is the saddest sequence.
0: It's just a <laughs> do, 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 do.
1: Yeah, almost like the fawns, except sadder.
0: It's just sad, and and there's also that great scene where, and at the same time, we also meet the inevitable bully that has to be in an '80s movie, uh, Dirk Roosevelt. Oh God, this is one of the weird things about this movie. Ragsdale had it in for the Roosevelt family. He was convinced they were the most evil ones ever. He was convinced that uh, Theodore Roosevelt engineered the assassination that led to him getting his job. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and... You know, when you, take, when you take so many drugs, you have to be a paranoid fucker. You do. You do. You do. And he was... He was as paranoid as it came. So... I mean, that was something that actually that got really weird at times was the way that he would uh just constantly bring this up and the character of dirk roosevelt it's implied that he's not actually a roosevelt he just believes it but he brings it up at every possible moment i'm a roosevelt i'm more awesome than you he actually says that point blank wow subtlety yeah that's another thing he's named dirk how much more 80s do you get i can't uh, I can't help but think of
1: Dirk Diggler mm. from uh, Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Just that kind of name that in the 80s exudes confidence and, yeah, butchness.
0: And from that scene, you have the amazing scene then where we set where we finally see the Church of Santa.
1: <laughs>
0: Cameron is supposed to be a 75-year-old man. But since he's played by somebody in his 20s, he's just not even remotely plausible. I want want, want to pause right there and say that the
1: interior of the Church of Santa is probably one of the best sets I have ever seen. Like, it's just... it's eye-gouging. It is. But it's kind of fun to look at at the same time.
0: Christmas lights everywhere.
1: Yeah, Christmas lights, tinsel of every color think of how your church decorates for Christmas and then multiply that uh, or any mall or whatever multiply that by a million
0: yeah it's just it's the tackiest thing you'll ever see mm-hmm and uh, as I said basically the only age makeup that was put on uh, Cameron was baby powder in his hair that's what it looked like
1: oh my God. oh that's ho- that's horrid. Yeah,
0: was it look? That was literally all that it looked like it was. That may have been all that it was. Um, the uh, the priest at the church. And by the way, that's all he's ever known as is the priest. The priest. Yes. The next scene that happens, and this is amazing, is he um, he offers up a present at his altar, which is an upside down Christmas tree. <laughs> And uh, he um, offers up a present, which turns out to be a uh, gift-wrapped uh, wind-up penguin. And this is what starts the penguin-evasion. There you go. So we finally get to talk about the penguin kills. Yes. They are astounding. We have to explain something right now. First and foremost, actual penguins were used during this movie. We can't guarantee... That I don't I I
1: didn't really look, but I don't think I saw a "no animals were harmed" Mm, sticker at the end of the film. No,
0: no. I uh, actually looked this up. The Humane Society actually sent Ragsdale a letter back with more profanities than they have ever used in a letter before. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Just wall to wall obscenities, calling him out. That's pretty bad. Well, he deserved it. He deserved it. He was a monster. So we get our first penguin kill, and we've got to describe these penguins.
1: Um, They all have little Santa hats on, and the Santa hats have horns protruding
0: from them. Mm -hmm. And the first person that they show up to kill is someone who has just littered and is laughing about it. (laughs) They even scream out, screw you, Gaia!
1: (laughs) Words Captain Planet would mean either. I
0: know, I know. And, uh, the penguins, it's funny because, okay, because obviously real penguins cannot be trained to kill, it winds up being this mess of editing when it's established that they kill. Mm-hmm. It's just like a lots of rapid quick cuts of the guy on the ground writhing and screaming, and the penguins just kind of standing there.
1: Yeah, sometimes there's like, a, there's like a close-up of cheap gore. Like you can tell it's like store-bought liver. Yeah,
0: you can. Like sometimes they'll get like a beak in there. Yes. Every now and then you'll get a close-up of a beak. It's just, it's not good. This is not Kulishov work here, people. Yeah. And then after the penguins have done their kill, we get the uh, first scene with Koshan. And I'll say this for uh, the actor that played Koshan. He was played by a local doctor, Floyd Drake. And he is the hammiest SOB you'll ever see. Um, He plays a penguinologist who happens to be in town just happens to be yes dr koshan and by the way they always refer to him as koshan
1: never never just koshan never just mr mr desics koshan desics
0: and the facts he spouts about penguins are insane
1: yeah it's um, uh, you can tell he did no research into actual penguin
0: behavior Um, uh, that mr ragsdale that is yeah like um in his ideas uh they form eggs by putting their flippers on their heads and just thinking really hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, Penguin Feces is an aphrodisiac. They shed their feet every six months. <laughs> yes. Shit like that. Which, by the way, at one point he got confused because he wasn't finding uh, shed penguin feet all around. See, he believed <laughs> this shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I mean, that that scene is great. The cops are, all, by the way, so obviously stupid. Mm-hmm. In reality, uh, a number of those men were actual uh, Port Lavaca police officers who mm-hmm. really hated making this movie and who just... I bet. ...took it out on everybody. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, God. Probably not a fun time to live in that town. No, it was not. God, then you then there's the scene with the priest uh, where we really see his relationship. Uh, we find out that Ted's mother is working for the priest... And we—that's where we get the whole history of the Church of Santa. Mm-hmm. I wish I had the clip because I can't—I can't do it justice. It's just the—the the basic point of the Church of Santa, though, is that they worship Santa because he is the one that brings the gift of life to all, and uh, for the heretics, they shall be ungifted. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's you know not subtle as. As the rest of the
1: film but it's put in such a way that's trying to hide the hide the true meaning of what ungifting the heretics means mm-hmm.
0: it's it, it's bad it's just so bad yeah but anyway um then we get the uh, scene of uh zeke and ted at the uh video store and i'm trying to even explain this is nothing more than just a giant plug fest for galatea films and uh, Zeke admitting he's in love with a mannequin, <laughs> who he is convinced is alive. We also get some sense that the townspeople are talking about the attack. I'm not even sure the mannequin subplot goes anywhere. No, we don't ever see it's it. just kind of there. I don't even think we ever see the mannequin. Weird. It, it is weird. It is weird. Um, Maybe it's a deleted something. It might be. It might I don't be, know. It might be. I want to believe that there's a deleted scene where we find out that he's right and that the mannequin is real. Oh, that'd be great. God, there is another scene I really hated—the scenes between uh, Ted and Ellie, because Cisco wasn't really—he's okay, as I said. As I said, Zane is really touching in it, but my God, they have no chemistry whatsoever. And it's not just because he's gay—I mean, God knows that would knock out a bunch of '50s great rom-coms, you know. I mean, right, right. I mean, Rock Hudson and Cary Grant's movies gone if that was the issue. It's that Cisco just doesn't even seem to... It's the dialogue, man. Mm-hmm. And, and Cisco is so obviously frustrated by it, but the dialogue that they have is just, yeah, uh-huh, indeed. Mm-hmm. I really like you. You're good. It's that kind of thing.
1: Just wooden. It's wooden. Extremely wooden, and something that a guy that has probably never had a stable romantic relationship in his life would write.
0: Tommy Wiseau would look at this and be
1: like, this is just not realistic. Pretty bad. I can't believe the guy that wrote it has a daughter.
0: I know. I know. How did that happen? <laughs> um, my understanding about his first marriage is that it was... it was is that uh, the first Mrs. Ragsdale was quite a character. It should have to be. As bad as these romantic scenes are, let's get back to the kills because we've got another penguin kill and okay earlier they established that ellie is supposed to be like a teacher and we see that she's an eighth grade teacher so we get a scene of two eighth graders making out at a makeout point and what's great is you know they're gonna die you know they're gonna die and we also know that the actors are obviously in their 20s yeah the male has a beard It's not much, it's stubble, but it's still beard. It's visible. It's visible. Laziness.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could have at least put some baby powder on there to try to hide it. I know, I know, I
0: know. But we get another scene of full-on penguin slaughter, and Mm -hmm. one of them writes Ted's name in blood as they're dying. Which makes no sense. This is never really explained except for... It's never really explained. It's just not. No. No. No It's Ted's the hero So he has to get the plot point Even though as we find out They were one of Ellie's students So it would make more sense to name her Right But um Oh god The next scene is the uh, scene with the the priest And Ted's mom uh, At the house And where do you even go with this scene? No idea It's very awkward It's very raw I mean it doesn't it, It almost doesn't
1: fit the tone of the rest of the film No it doesn't Ragsdale has some issues.
0: He did. He did. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, but wow. I mean, he just goes off. Uh, you know, there's this whole idea of, you're not my father, I'm a father. You know? Yeah. And by the way, the explanation is that um, because the priest is British, British priests get to have sex. That makes sense. Uh, sort of. But I guess, I guess he's not technically Catholic. <clears throat> well,
1: it's supposed to be like Episcopalian, you know? Oh, right, right, yeah. Except for
0: Christmas. Except for Christmas. Uh, for the record, nobody has ever quite been able to nail down what Ragsdale's actual religious beliefs were. I can't even
1: imagine what they would be. I don't even know. He's probably agnostic,
0: but with twisted views. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, that next up, though, the, the police have to show up. And this is just... It's, it's, it's a weird scene. It doesn't quite work. The police chief shows up, and he has a meat cleaver that he wields. I mean, you can do some damage on the meat cleaver, I guess. Oh, you can kill a person all kinds of dead, but I don't know what... Yeah, it doesn't make any sense in the context of the film. No. But, I mean, he just shows up, and he wields it, and he swings it, and... Um, if anything, it looked like an excuse for the uh, actor doing the part to show off some cool knife tricks. With a meat cleaver. Weird yeah probably again for the trailer for the trailer yeah oh boy this the next scene is um the one that i really this is why i had to do this after i watched this movie i called you and said we have to do this movie i stopped it dead say so we have to do it based on this mm-hmm. scene there is a scene where uh ted and ellie are downtown ted tells her about the murders there's koshan jumps in with more information, more wrong penguin facts. And we find out that the mayor of the town is announcing that the official town religion will be the Church of Santa.
1: Again, this makes no sense. No.
0: <laughs> the official town religion is Church of Santa and everybody in town has to convert. Or else get out. Because Santa loves you all. Because Santa loves you all. I don't know, maybe, maybe Ragsdale was an atheist. He sees you when you're sleeping... He knows when you're a lake and if you don't like the sound of that go move to uh Pinecone Lake, I think is what they said. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. The this also leads to a scene of Ted's mother and sister and we see that they're dressed up as sexy elves. Yeah, there's a purpose to this.
1: It's, it's such a bizarre scene. Like it's this is the moment that takes the movie from just
0: okay, bad to great, bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, that night, which is uh, Christmas Eve, there's a giant church service, and uh, th- through very bad camera trickery, which is basically just the first shot of the penguins showing up in town, mm-hmm. it looks like it looks like another set of penguins have arrived. Oh, <laughs> that's, a, that's another thing. We overlooked the shot of the penguins first arriving, but it's kind of a lazy shot. It's mm-hmm. it's just there's a quick shot of the penguins standing there, and that's when they first show up. That's it. Yeah. Koshan uh, Desix dies in this scene. And for no reason, they also kill Dad Tatum, too. Because. Just because. Because major character death. Well, sort of major character. Yeah. We get another shot of Ted trying to express his feelings for Ellie. And it's the worst yet. But it's led to the greatest speech in the movie. Aside from Ted's a whole monologue at the beginning. Bubbles shows up and announces that the penguins have been have shown up and... Oh, my God! the things that she says like she puts extreme emphasis on they're coming they're coming now it's like it's it's supposed to be they've penetrated our defenses uh-huh <laughs> Our walls are slick with penguins <laughs> and this scene goes on. <laughs>
1: Dude likes sex. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, um, but my God, oh God, it's, it's great. But the penguins show up, and uh, we get our shot of someone punching a penguin. Finally, the the sad thing about this was I'm not sure it was faked. Oh no, you can tell it's like a, a it's like a one shot. You can see mm-hmm. it's a clear punch out uh, lands on the beak. I mean. That penguin uh, fights back, though, and it fights back pretty viciously. But Good. still the penguins get punched. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. And um, from here they get to Zeke's house. Zeke grabs bird seed and they run off. And then everybody reaches the church, and this is, oh my God, this is, this is amazing. Okay, how do you describe everybody? Because at this point, everybody has become zombies in the Church of Santa.
1: Yeah, they all have on... Um tattered tuxedos Mm -hmm. it almost looks like a zombie raided a dinner party it's kind of amazing and of course they all have santa hats with horns yes um except for the girls who still have on the sexy elf costumes except they're they're tattered but the rips are in
0: kind of strategic they're very strategic yes for the sex appeal Um, And this leads to something that I cannot believe I'm actually describing. Okay. Uh, Ted sets fire to the Christmas tree, which glows with red and green flames. Yeah. His mother tries to attack her while Feather and Ellie have a standard girl fight. Fourth. And finally, they are killed with sharpened candy canes. Giant sharpened candy canes. Giant sharpened candy canes. Uh. And what's really bizarre about this is how Ted is just very casual about it. Uh, he quotes Matthew ten thirty five through thirty six. You know the verses about um, I have come to turn brother against you know that stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. Except he changes it to be he changes it to penguin.
0: Yeah, because why not? Why not? Did we ever get to the to describing the scene where Dirk got uh, turned into a where penguin? No, we did not. Uh, see, this movie is so filled with weird stuff, y'all. <laughs> God. Yeah, he, sponta- he spontaneously
1: sprouts a tuxedo. The effect is, of course, cut away, cut back. He has a tuxedo.
0: Yeah, for $3 million, I sure can't see where that $3 million went. Um, oh no, it's all coke money. It's all coke money. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, But uh, yeah, we need to get to that scene because it's going to come up in a moment. But what happens after Ted's mother and sister are killed... This is one of the few legitimately good special effect shots in the movie. The priest sees this, he's enraged, and cries out to Santa, who indwells in him. <laughs> he gets the hat with the horns, and he has a red eye and a green eye. And uh, his suit, which already looked like Santa's, tatters badly as he is indwelt by Satan. He, um, it's almost like it's still kind of
1: cheap, but it, it's an actual transformation scene. Like, they actually show... It's almost like, uh, you know, the Hulk TV show. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's a bit like that.
1: Like, you can see everything rip and bulge and... I mean, it's a good effect.
0: It is. Sprouts horns. Satan chases them outside, and they go through the town, which is badly simulated to burn. It looks like it's burning, but it's really... it's It's bad. Yeah, it looks like they put like a shot
1: of the town, and they also shot like wax paper mm-hmm. shaped like flames, and red and green flames. And they're yeah, red and green flames. Yeah, it looks terrible. Mm.
0: And they like superimpose the two. That's where the wear penguin comes up. Dirk does manage to kill. uh, He goes at them like a penguin, and then he manages to actually get Zeke killed. Oh yeah! Oh my god Bubbles kills him With uh, grabbing one of her high heels And screaming out (laughs) It's beautiful It's beautiful She has her day (laughs) We we then get We then finally get the scene that we've been waiting for The priest uh, slash Satan Explains what's really going on That uh, he's physically Imprisoned at the North Pole But his spirit is here he spread the myth of santa to destroy children's belief in religion but seeing as how it wasn't speeding up fast enough he decided to start his own church right he starts to laugh and then holy shit let's describe this scene because it is so great (laughs) polar bears polar bears dressed as jesus christ
1: with beards with beards and thorny crowns and everything (laughs) it's amazing
0: and robes they have robes (laughs)
1: They do have roofs. and these were
0: these were standard. The best part is these were standard bears that were spray painted white. Oh jeez! Again with the uh, yeah, that's
1: that's. I can see why they're so many profanities in that. Um, yeah, main society letter
0: because wow. Well, at one point, uh, Ragsdale fried a penguin just to see how it tasted. Oh jeez! But they show up to maul the penguins, and everybody except the main characters. <laughs> because yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. this is not very convincing but it is great to watch yeah again trick of editing although i'm reasonably certain at least a few penguins were eaten in this scene yeah yeah it's probably the only bit of real gore in the film yeah it's not it's not pleasant oh this would this would have earned an r rating had it been submitted to the mpaa yeah it would have as it stands it was rated um s for probably too scary for you you pussies (laughs) and yes that actually ran in newspaper ads uh with ragsdale assuring everybody he meant kittens oh my god so polar bear Jesuses show up they maul everybody except the main characters and then they just vanish it's like a reverse shot it's like cuts to the main characters it cuts to the polar bears and they're gone teus ex bear jesus teus ex bear jesus This is a movie we watched, people. It exists. It exists. And we finally get Ted saying that he loved her, that he loves Ellie. Bubbles applauds because she's uh, single. And they walk back to town singing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer.
1: (laughs) You know, the camera pans up to the still-burning town.
0: Yeah, everybody is
1: dead. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh... And then a a uh, a punk version of Santa Claus is Coming to Town starts playing over credits. Not half
0: bad. Not half bad. Yeah. Stinger is great, though. But there is a stinger. Yeah, there is a post-credit sequence. Feather stands up and uh, makes a uh, penguin noise. Her eyes starting to look red and green. <laughs> and that's it. That's the promise of a sequel. Which never came. Never came to be. The movie was uh, re- released... In only a few cities, Russellville was one of the very few to get it. Uh, it was only released on fifty screens in the United States on August twenty eighth, nineteen eighty seven. Earned a mere forty six thousand dollars. That's all it brought in. <laughs> From three mm. million. Yeah. Mm. That's two point nine five million gone. Ouch. And that would become a key point. Ragsdale did try to take it out for VHS, but no luck. Uh, Charles Band of uh, Empire and Media fame called it a baffling disaster um ultimately ragsdale did pay for a small pressing of only about 50 to 100 tapes mostly for posterity i think the copy that you got is actually
1: uh kind of a bootleg it is real copies of the film are really hard to find and very expensive Yeah,
0: don't go looking on ebay because you just won't find them no and so oh god it just got crazy um However, let's talk about the aftermath of this and why this killed Galatea Films. Um, It sent him bankrupt, and uh, Mm -hmm. Breckenridge got really angry about all of this. Uh, He hired accountants to examine the finances. They found rampant, flagrant cases of embezzlement throughout the company. Hmm. (laughs) Again, you wonder where the three million went. Uh, Ragsdale was charged with ten counts of embezzlement. He pled guilty just to get rid of all the charges. of all the mess did serve a year in the state penitentiary, but he was ultimately released. Um, He's still alive. Yeah. He lives in a retirement home in Victoria, Texas through uh, talking with uh, Emma Ragsdale. uh, I was able to find out that he has no contact with her whatsoever. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's estranged from everybody. Um, Breckenridge controls the rights to most of the Galatea films himself, and he refuses to release them. In his eyes, they are worse than colon cancer. At least he gained some perspective through the years. Yeah. Uh, Breckenridge is a survivor of colon cancer, and he refuses, as I said, he refuses to let most of these films out. None. They're not coming out on DVD. They're not even coming out on those cheap DVDs. They put everything out on DVD. But Galatea's stuff will not ever come out. Um, I've been able to see some VHSs, because I still have a VHS player, but their stuff is done. Me too. Incidentally, Breckenridge now lives in Austin, Texas, fittingly enough.
1: <laughs> Good fit there. Yeah, he's
0: he's seen as a patron of the local arts scene, and he's doing quite well for himself. Um, Ragsdale, though he 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 ha- he is considered clean supposedly, but he's still insane. Uh, Ragsdale uh, formed. He's tried to start new ventures, including there was Cybergun films in nineteen ninety four. Millennial Spirit Films in 1999 and Kilkaida Films in 2001, uh, their lone venture is considered the least work, accurate work ever on the Middle East. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the history of Pinguageddon. And man, I wish more people could see this movie. This is just a unique, wonderful, amazing film. As I said, it's cheap. But it's very much the film that was promised. Mm-hmm. It is a killer penguin movie. I mean, at least has that going for it. <laughs> it does. It has that going for it. You know, as I said, some of the, some of the performances are fun to watch. I mean, uh, Ragsdale's daughter, uh, Emma, I love how flat she is in trying to deliver all this incredibly sexual stuff. And she just, she clearly hates it. Right. But I mean, it's just, it's a fascinating film. Better than the birdemics. Oh, a lot better. A lot more watchable. Mm-hmm. A lot more fun.
1: Even considering the fact that, you know, he, there is some animal abuse in there. You know, it's still fun to watch. I mean, if you can watch Milo
0: and Otis, you can watch this.
1: That's true. By the way, I dis- I discovered that uh, we actually have a copy of Milo and Otis for some reason. Ugh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But this is just, this, this is this is one that's out there. So, um, shall we do the wrap-up? So, next up, we're going to do Sucker Punch. We're going to finally look at uh, some more misogyny. <laughs>
1: yes. And we're going to have, as promised, we're going to have Beck back on. Yep. We've
0: been meaning to, so we'll do
1: that next. I haven't done this in a while, so let's see if I can remember all of it. Um, you can find us on our main vlog. Uh, where we post the cast at thefilmroom.podbean.com. You can find us on our side blog, where we post a bunch of thoughts, interesting stuff that we, you know, that we want to write about. Uh, we have a little column there. Comics for rent. I still to get my Doomsday and Wonder Woman. I can at least do Wonder Woman because I have seen that recently. Uh, that's our side blog at thefilmroomlobby.wordpress.com. Is that right? Yes. You can find us on our Twitters. I am at permanentmanprd. Austin is at untitleduser. And uh, the cast is at filmroomcast. We talk a lot about film individually and, of course, on the cast Twitter. And you can see upcoming stuff there. We also post anytime we update the FilmRoom Lobby. You can see that there. Our Facebook, facebook.com slash thefilmroom. Uh, Similar stuff we're actually garnering a lot of likes right now which is nice yeah thank you thank you to all of you who are uh new to our cast yeah and we are glad to have you here and i think we can i think we can probably plug like we've we've plugged them before i'm sure but i blame them for this uh the good people over at the no totally cast
0: yeah yeah thanks y'all
1: yes very similar interests good good people good people yeah we'll post a link to their uh cast source on the blog yep and you can email us with suggestions and comments and questions and anything really at filmroompodcast at gmail.com thanks for listening thanks for listening we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did we had a blast so good night everybody merry christmas you better watch out. You better not cry. Better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Oh. He's making a list. Checking it twice. Gonna find out who's naughty and nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. The kids in Jubilee They're gonna build a Toilet town all around The Christmas tree. And then they're gonna burn it down You better watch out, you better